0: May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face shine to shine upon us, that your way be known on earth, your saving power among all nations. Let the peoples praise you, O God, let all the peoples praise you. Let nations be glad and sing for joy, for you judge the peoples with equity and guide the nations upon earth. Let the peoples praise you, O God, let all the peoples praise you. The earth has yielded its increase. God, our God, shall bless us. God shall bless us. Let all the ends of the earth fear Him. And If you're taking notes, um, I have a simple outline. True need plus true hope equals true praise. So our first point be true need. There is a true need. There is true hope. And there will be true praise in the end. This is known as a mission psalm, and it is. It's a song that was sang, um, by Israel, usually after the harvest was taken in. The grain bins were full, and they were praising God for it. In, uh, in verse 6, it's only past tense, part of the, the passage here. The earth has yields an increase. God has provided the bins are full, we're praising God, we'll have enough food for the next year. So it's a song of praise, but it's also a song looking forward to what God will do at that time. So the world need, uh, there's a around. of course, this is off the internet, most stats are made up on the spot, I've been told, but uh, they're all relative. So the world population is around 7.8 billion. Again, that might be decreasing uh, due to COVID deaths, but uh, in general, around 7, eight, 7.8 billion people in the world. And if you've ever been to a missions conference or ever heard a mission speaker, they probably have talked about the 1040 window. So 10 degrees north and 40 degrees north. So north latitude, based in the, if I'm right, 10 degrees uh, north would be about right south of the Sahara Desert. And you go east all the way across over towards Southeast Asia. Four degrees north would be right north of Africa, and then you go east across to China. So that area is known as the resistant Belt, according to the the Church Today. It's where the majority of Muslims, Buddhists, and Hindus reside, for the most part. Again, that's changing because the, the the dynamic, and it's easy to travel, easy to move nowadays. So a lot of that is changing, but but in general, that is where the majority of those uh, religions are, or at least the strongholds are. There's great resources out there downstairs in the the bookstore. I, I look downstairs. There's two of them right now. Operation World. It's a good thick book. Talks about the status of the church and all the ethno-linguistic people groups and where there are there are with the gospel being reached, etc. Great book. Um, I would guide you to uh, JoshuaProject.net. Again, I think they're more. Uh, Clear in uh, what's going on and closer to their projections. Again, it's free. You don't have to buy anything. Or the finishingthetask.com. Great websites, great resources for that. So, again, all these uh, resources always tell you there's the reached, least reached, uh, unengaged, uh, simply or, or partially reached. A lot of those words are used. The ones that are probably the most important are the unreached. That means They're not, they have less less than 5% Christian, uh, at least considered Christian in that spectrum. Uh, 41.7% of the world are considered unreached. That's 3.2 billion people. 3.2 billion are considered unreached. Then you have, if you go to finishingthetask.com, I just looked this up the other day, I printed it off right here. There's... Certain unengaged peoples. That means people who have no access to the gospel. There's no Christian in their whole area of influence. Their people, their ethnic, uh, linguistic area. There's nobody. There's no, there's no, there's no Bible. There's no uh, Jesus film. Uh, there's no audio Bible. There's no influence in their language. So I looked it up. Uh, this is right off there at unfinishingthetask.com. So again, uh, one struggle I had when I was overseas, um, I spent some more time overseas in the Middle East, was learning a language. So if that's your, your gifting, your calling, this might be uh, for you. I'd, I'd pursue that. But part of the uh, unengaged, they would say, is the deaf population in the world. Uh, most people don't think about that. But uh, it's probably one of the least unengaged people are the deaf in the world. And there are... 646,778 deaf, this is according to them, uh, people unengaged in the world. That's staggering. That's uh 646 people groups spread out throughout the whole world, uh, and that's 0.00%, 8% of the world. So very small, but very needed. So unengaged. Also, it's a very long list, starts right here, this page. In the back of this page, those are unengaged people groups that are not deaf. There's 3,053,448 people in those groups. Unengaged, no gospel, no Bible. They can't go home to your... I have probably 15 on my bookshelf, different Bibles, different translations. I have access to Bible software. My phone has it on it. I mean, we're it's all over the place. But you might be saying, Garrett, okay, that's great. But again, I live in Aberdeen, South Dakota, not the 10 to 40 window. How does this relate to us? It seems distant. I think in our, our American society, I think it can. In our worlds that we kind of put ourselves in. Our TV world, our Fox News world, our CNN world, NBC News, fill in the blank world. But there's also a local need. Aberdeen itself, so again, this is off the internet. I'm not sure how accurate it is. After reading it, I think it's, it's close. Um, 78% of people in Aberdeen consider themselves religious. Making up the 78% are 31% Lutheran. I believe that. 24% Catholic. 70%, 7% are Christian of Christian faith. I'm not sure what that means. 6% Methodist. 3% Presbyterian. 2% Pentecostal. 1% Mormon. And there's uh, 3% of that is considered Baptist. So of the 78%, uh, there's about 47% are evangelical, at least call themselves evangelical. And knowing some of the churches, of course, I know there's not uh, a true doctrine preached at some of those. But yeah, so there is a local need for the gospel to be spread. And there's also a family need. Mission starts in the home. You, think, uh, you remember acts how uh, the, the early church operated and went from house to house uh, one one guy would uh, one maybe the father or a child would come to faith and then the whole family would come to faith and the whole tribe in that area would the gospel would spread that's even happening today in, in many cultures, many countries across the nations of the world today. so there's a true need of the gospel to be spread and the true need for praise. For God to be praised. So the next point, true hope. So we look at the text here. The first verse says, "May God be gracious to us and bless us and make His face shine upon us." So this beckons us back to the call of Abraham in Genesis. You have to go there in Genesis fifteen five, and He brought him. Uh, this is God speaking to Abraham. This is also reiterated in other parts of Genesis, like 22-26. Yeah, but Genesis 15.5 And he brought him outside and said, Look toward heaven and number the stars if you are able to number them. And he said to him, "You shall So shall your offspring be. And he believed the Lord and he counted it to him as righteousness. So there's four seeds of Abraham seen in the Bible. The first seed would be the natural seed. The second seed would be the natural seed, but specially called in the covenant of God. The third seed would be Christ. And the fourth seed would be those who are in Christ, spiritual offspring, the church. And we can see this throughout the Bible, some examples of that. In Exodus 32, 13, this is talking towards the covenant children. So the line of Isaac, not Ishmael. Remember Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, your servants, to whom you swore by your own self and said to them, I will multiply your offspring as the stars of heaven in all this land and that I have promised, I will give to your offspring and shall inherit forever. So towards the covenant people of God, of line of Isaac. And then you look in Deuteronomy 1.10, The Lord your God has multiplied you and behold, you are today as numerous as the stars of the heaven. So all the physical offspring of Ishmael and Isaac. Those in covenant and those outside of covenant. Or you go further on, Deuteronomy 10.22, Your fathers went down to Egypt 70 persons, and now the Lord your God has made you as numerous as stars of heaven. So again, the physical offspring, covenant children of God. If you jump in a New Testament, Hebrews 11.12, Therefore, uh, one man, him as good as dead, were born descendants of, as many as the stars of heaven, as many as the innumerable grains of sand by the seashore. So the promised offspring, you remember in Genesis 15, 5, it's not plural, it's singular, it's pointing towards, at that passage, towards Christ, the true offspring of Abraham. Or you look in Galatians 3.16, as it says, Jesus as the true offspring. Now the promises were made to Abraham and to his offspring. It does not say, and to offsprings, as I said, referring to many, but referring to one, and to your offspring, who is Christ. So Galatians 3.16 proves my point. that Throughout the whole Bible, God did all this in history to get to the point of Christ. That was the promise of Genesis 15.5. And it goes on. In Galatians three twenty six twenty nine. 29 the spiritual offspring is seen here. For in Christ Jesus, you are all sons of God through faith. For as many of you, as we're baptized to Christ, have put on Christ. Therefore, there is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is no, no, no male or female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to the promise. So that ties us in as the church into Abraham, Abraham's promise given in Genesis. So you see the progression across all of Uh, time since Genesis 1 until now, we've been called to be in this place. This song is for us, the church. We can sing this with joy and with much hope and anticipation for the true praise that will come in the future. Or you can look really how it will be fulfilled in the future if you turn over to Revelation 7.9. After this, I looked and behold a great multitude that no one could number from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne. And before the Lamb, clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands, and crying out with a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne to the Lamb. And all the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures. And they fell on their faces, before the throne and worship God, saying, Amen. Blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. So this idea of a great multitude that no one could number from every nation. It's not going to look like Aberdeen, South Dakota, which is not necessarily bad, but it's not going to look like bad. From every tribe, every tongue, every nation praising God. That's what we're moving towards. And we, can, we, we are given the gifts given to us to be God's tool here on earth to make that come true. But of course, God doesn't need us. He can make this come true with a rock if he had to. But he has chosen his people, his church, to bring forth his glory and true praise of him. So moving back over to Psalm 67, the main text. So this is a song and the, the main point is the if I get this right I'm not a uh, sing I'm not a uh, song person but I think it's a verse it's called the the main stanza or something like that. Uh, in verse three, Corey could help me out. Let the people's praise you oh God. let all the peoples praise you and then also again in five the chorus there you go that's the word I was looking for. And it says, Let the peoples praise you, O God, let all the peoples praise you. That's the Course, the main point of the Psalm. So may, may God be gracious to us in verse 1 and bless us and make his face shine upon us. We, got, we have to understand this is that us in this is not America. People think here, oh, America's been so blessed, which we have been, because we're God's like savior to the world. We think too highly of ourselves. The church is being spread, yes, from America, but also other nations. When I was in the Middle East, I met missionaries from China, underground churches already moving into the Middle East. Um, they have very little resources, but they have a vision for true praise to come to the true God of Israel who is God of the Bible. So yeah, so why did God is so gracious? He's given us so many gifts, so much cash, so much time on our hands, so much opportunity to travel. So why did He give it so gracious to us and why did He bless us and make His face shine upon us? This is a, a beckoning also towards the redemptive future that will come. That we can see in Revelation. There will be no sin, no crying. If you kept reading in Revelation 7, that's where it says, there will be no crying, no pain anymore at that time as we're worshiping amongst all the nations before the throne of God. So that, He did this so that, in verse two, known, that God is known on earth, his saving power. He did this so, so that he'd be known on earth. And as you go down in four, he did it so nations would be glad and sing for joy. So that he would be known and he would be, people will be joyous of him. that we'd have joy. We'd have joy. We'd live in joy to praise God. So he came to do this for us. Jesus did. And also, at the very end, to fear Him. So we have to know Him, to praise Him, to be glad in Him, and to fear Him. So this honoring aspect. Not a fear of, I'm afraid, but yes, you will be afraid in sin. But as a believer, we come with reverence to fear Him. He wants the nations to come in reverence. And we're the proclaimers of that, to know that. We also uh, learn that God saves, God judges, and God guides. So we see His saving power. We see that God came to save rebels. Because for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is Christ Jesus our Lord. In Christ Jesus our Lord, Romans 6.23. We all are born in sin. We all rebel. But God was gracious enough in the promise of Abraham to send his son so those who have faith in Him will be saved based on His works and not our own. So God came to save rebels. Also, God judges. So this word uh, equity, um, this, our culture is, has abused that massively, especially lately. Um, talking about equal justice and all this other crazy stuff. But when it comes to God's equity, it is fair, it is just, because He is pure justice and pure, equal. He will never judge wrongly. He will give exactly what you deserve. He will give exactly to the nations what they deserve. Which is, if they don't repent and believe, which is hell, separation from God for eternity. Or if they do repent and believe, then it will be eternity with Him forever. And we also see that God guides also the nations upon earth. So nothing, even in sin, God is still guiding them. He will get glory out of that. Nothing's outside of His control. It sounds, when we see these numbers, these crazy numbers, thousands and thousands, millions of people without the Gospel, it sounds almost daunting. There has been much work been done, but at the same time, we can't have hope because God is guiding all nations for His glory. He will get glory even out of those who rebel. Because we see even in uh, those numbers I read earlier, from the unengaged, there's been 3,192 groups engaged by 5,219s since 2005. There's been 43, over 43,000 fully focused vocational workers sent by 422 engaging ministries to the unengaged. There's been almost 90,000 bivocational and part time workers. There's been 156, over 156,000 churches planted and unengaged. There's been 3.6 million reported believers unengaged. So we have much to praise, but much work ahead to have the nations have true praise. And also, so God is gracious and blesses us so that His name be known, verse 2, that we have joy in Him and also fear Him. But what's the opposite? you got to look at the opposite. He did not come, He did not bless us so that the earth would know something besides God. If we proclaim our own gospel, our own way, our own tribe, as Sam was talking about last time, if we proclaim the tribe that we want to be part of. He didn't do that. God wants to be known. He wants to have joy in Him. He wants to proclaim the Gospel so people have joy in Him and not in something else. America, it's hard to be a Christian here because we find joy in so much other stuff. Even as my own self, I find joy in... could be hunting, guns, trucks. All kinds of fun stuff. Good desires, good things, but they can become a replacement for the joy that should be proclaimed in Christ. Or fear Him. We could actually bring dishonor to God through our actions, through what we proclaim, how we say things, to our family, to our society, etc. So God is not gracious to us that we could waste it. He is gracious and blessed us so He could get praise. His glory would, would grow so that all the nations would be glad and all the nations would fear Him. So there's a big contrast there that we must get. So what's all this mean for us? So is your heart singing, let the nations, let the peoples praise you, oh God, let all the peoples praise you. Is that your heart song? Or is it, ah, oh, let the people praise me? How well, the peoples praise my ideas or my, my tribe that I want to be part of in America. How many people praise Him? Praise them or that idea? So is your heart seeing, Let the peoples praise You, O oh God. Let the peoples praise You. This is a great gauge for your heart to see if your heart is actually in the right place. How much do you think? So are you thinking about this on a daily basis? Do you think about... God's glory, are you thinking about something else? Are you desiring God to be glorified? That people would find joy in Him? That people would fear Him? Or are you thinking about something else? There's much we can do as a a church, as a community, as a denomination, um, as an individual, that the gospel would be proclaimed throughout the nations. We can mobilize, so the church can mobilize and get people around excited. Um, you can get family members excited, the church excited to go to the nations. Fellow church members, uh, you can take classes like Perspectives. Um, it's not offered in Aberdeen, but I think in Brookings it is offered. I think there's an online version now. It's a class I took in college. It kind of focuses on college students to get uh, the nations on the hearts of college students and see the big need and see the situation we're in currently. Or you can send support missions, which we do as a church. Or you might individually support individual missionaries uh, across the world. Or you can welcome them just because they're a, a different skin type. Uh, they speak a different language. I know in uh, in Aberdeen that might um, not be common. But uh, it is something that we can be part of. We can welcome the nations. And I think as the nations continue to be more mobile in the future, we'll see more and more of it. Of course, in bigger cities, but even in Aberdeen, we have multiple nations that are, are present and living here. We can welcome them. We can also, of course, go. If God is calling you, maybe you've been praying about this, is God calling you or your, maybe your kids to go to the nations proclaim the gospel? Yeah, I know remember in Acts when, uh, so God will make it clear, in Acts when uh, Paul was going to try to go into North North Asia, God stopped him. He guided him to the west. Southwest, blessed out of there. So God will, will, I think, stop you from going or He will give you the resources and needs you will to go. Or of course, you can pray. So like, you might be asking, okay, Garrett, I don't know what to do right now. You can be praying. You can download an app. So again, Joshua Project has an app. You can get your phone out right now. Unreached of the day. There it is right there. You can pray through. Right now, It's uh, I might be mispronouncing this. It's Ganuk in Russia, I think. How you can probably pronounce that. But again, population 600. It tells you 0% Christian, 0% evangelical. evangelical. Uh, Islam is the primary religion. They tell you the language. They tell you ministry obstacles, outreach ideas, scripture focus. They give you a map of where they are in Russia and southwest Russia. And then also they tell you um, if they have a Bible. So this one, this, this group has no translation of the Bible. Nothing. Um, they have no online audio New Testament, no Jesus film, no audio recordings. Nothing. So a massive need for a massive gospel. So you can download that and you can pray through that every day. It's very handy. It's free, too. If you have an iPhone, Android, I think it's all good on all of those. Or a look at Operation World Book. Maybe you want to invest this in your family, get the nations on the forefront of your kids' minds, maybe part of your daily devotions with your kids. You go through that. There's something I probably should start doing with our children at work. So this has a reminder. Every day at work at 10 o'clock, I get a, a ding. The next um, unengaged or maybe unreached people group I can pray for. That app just reminds me daily. So it keeps me on my mind daily so through christ and the church his bride can and will bring true praise to our great god first timothy 3 15 says the household of god which is the church us of the living god a pillar and buttress of truth the church's job we've been called to do this to bring praise so the nations will be singing this psalm in the future maybe even today they're singing this in some unknown land that we've never even heard of before, or our own people group, that we don't speak the same language. So We can have hope in that when we see the great need and we can know there will be true praise. Revelation 7-9 will happen whether we're joining or not. God will get praise and we will get glory. So I pray that this word has impacted your heart and that you have a bigger scope of the need, the true hope, and the need for praise. Let's pray. Father, um, You're a glorious God with a glorious Gospel. With a, there's a glorious need uh, for Your Gospel to be spread to the nations. I pray for individuals, groups like the Ganuk in Russia who have no Gospel to read. They have no Bible, no online recording. I pray that You use every means possible through their phones, maybe through radio, To get the gospel in their language to them, that the church would grow, that your glory would be known there. I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen.